0: self and social awareness these are two characteristics of people that i absolutely love speaking to and i absolutely love coaching the reason being is that certainly through my own journey taking a look at the rest of the world and the human behaviors what's going wrong what's going right and understanding that accountability is paramount to our progression as individuals and collectively sometimes we forget that We are part of that mix and sometimes we forget that actually we just need to focus on getting our best life in order to bring more bestness to the rest of the world. That's why I love coaching people who are about equality and about happiness and joy for every single human being on this planet. Welcome to the Social Cohesion podcast. My name is Daniel Holly, and I hope you enjoy these episodes. I was always excited to be a parent. Really, really, could not wait to have children of my own and have a family of my own. But every time I did a checkup with myself, I never felt like I was the person that I wanted to be to be the best parent I could be. And that's a little hint onto how this conversation goes. Lee's a fantastic and successful functional coach who's had his own challenges in his own life and indeed with his own parenting experiences. And so for him to become a parent himself, there's obviously going to be some stuff that he's taken with him. He wants clarity on how he can really be there for his children. But of course we can take ourselves down a road of what it means to be a parent so far that actually we lose track of some of the most important areas of raising a child. Lee, thanks for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, Daniel. So let's jump in. We've had a conversation, of course, already. What do you want to have at the end of this conversation?
1: I'd like to have some more clarity on my own fatherhood journey, both what's happened previously and more so how to be more impactful in the future And help my son to achieve and become his own authentic man and really spread his wings one day.
0: Okay. You said clarity. If you can, tell me the fuzz with fatherhood for you at the moment.
1: So, there's a lot of fuzz around the fact that recently he was diagnosed with Asperger's, and with me also being on the autistic spectrum there's a lot of challenges that I have around trying to really work out what's the best way to prepare him for the world. Um, how to how can I, how can I educate him for a world that we don't really know what he's going into and how can I find the balance between helping him to navigate things as a child without holding his hand too much uh, and stinting, stunting his own development as he, he would, want to go forward because you have a natural desire to protect your children and to help them on the way. Yet I understand that he finds some elements difficult and it's finding that balance between overstepping the mark and protecting him too much and not allowing him to get out there and make the mistakes and get the experience from his failures. But it's difficult because when you when you've got aspergers you, you you tend to have a very ingrained fixed mindset which makes you quite avoidant and resistant of failure so it's kind of finding that balance of how I can really help him to navigate the world how I can help him to become authentically himself and not have society tell him what he should be or to you know to, to leave him in a place where he's he's got he's got enough exposure to shape him not so much he becomes you know disconnected from who he is as a as a young boy and a young man
0: okay i'm gonna immediately jump on a few things that sounds quite overwhelming as a task
1: yeah i think it's a lot of it comes from my own root of my own father Not, he was always there, he worked hard, he made sure that all our basic needs were met as children. But he provided very little example of manhood, very little example of fatherhood, very little example of how to be an exemplary human being. He literally just existed and worked and made sure we had food on the table and roof over our heads. So you kind of take that belief when I had issues with my mental health at university, because mm. I struggled with the transition from moving from childhood to adulthood, from, you know, dependence on parents to independence myself. And that kind of, that really leads me wanting to not have my son be in the same situation that I was where he feels he's, he's not got some of the tools or the experience or someone who he can ask questions to, and someone who you know might understand some of the feelings that he's going through. And even though he struggles with some elements of emotional regulation and understanding how his actions affect others, uh, I, I want to try and foster that in him as much as I can, so that he'll be able to emotionally navigate his own mind when he's a man, because that for me was a really big impacting factor on my mental health struggles. I just didn't simply have the capability to look inside of myself and define who I was. And that left me almost identityless mm-hmm. when I became an adult, not mm-hmm. really knowing where I was going, who I was, And that caused me quite a bit of, you know, internal grief and led me on a journey to try to understand who I was. Mm. And I had to go through quite a bit of suffering. Mm. And through that suffering, I've grown. But I would like my own son to have more tools to use to take more from the experiences that he'll go through.
0: Mm. Quick question. Are you... Are you your father? In some respects,
1: I see elements of my father in myself, but I see elements of. If you were to ask this to other people, many people would say you're very, very different, and we don't like we don't see your father in you, and that's been said before by family members and people close to us. Mm. Uh, but I still see the fact that I carry some elements of baggage from my childhood of how my father was. And I almost feel that sometimes I have to stop myself and not be like he was, sometimes impatient, sometimes, you know, not willing to give the time to his children. And I do see, you know, small elements creep through and identify those as i'm being a bit like my dad here
0: Mm.
1: and that awareness kind of helps and i think i'm so acutely aware because of the challenges that i went through not to be so closed and so switched off and so not emotionally dynamic Mm. to my own children so that i really don't want them to feel like i did, and that is something that drives me to do better, but I'm also aware that that can leave me quite blind to what they actually need to go through themselves. It's because there, there is no manual for parenting, there's mm. no guide you have thrown mm. into it, you kind of got to adapt. But really, I, I'd like to try and do the best job that I can, and hopefully. Really, I just want my children as adults to be, to be friends as well as a son and a daughter. Hmm.
0: I'm going to pause for a moment. I just want to think about what question I want to ask next. And I've decided not to ask a question at all. Actually, it's, uh... We'll make a statement. Okay. If I have been... If I've been stabbed in my arm, and I'm... I have a wound on my arm, right? And it's quite a bad wound, and... It may stick around for a while of course there'll be a scar there that will always remind me of that that wound and i've had the surgery the stitches the plasters the bandages all of the things and actually even even maybe th- physiotherapy to get my arm back into a good place so they can work why did i have all of those tools Why was I given the bandages and the stitches and the, and the physiotherapy? Why?
1: It was try and get you back to the place where you originally were.
0: Well, you're never back to the place you originally were, but... No, <laughs> to get you somewhere close.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to try and... Get, I suppose it's to try and... Initially, it's to protect you and then...
0: Mm-hmm. Protect, protect me you. from what, though? Protect me from what?
1: From, from the initial blood loss.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, initial blood loss. And why am I losing blood? Because you've been stabbed. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. So I've been given all these tools because of the hurt that I've experienced directly. Yes. Now, I meet someone and they have not been stabbed. And my instinct is to go, hey, here's some stitches. Here's a bandage. Here's some physiotherapy tools. Here's here's the plasters. Then they go, why? What for? Hey, I want to make sure that you are ready for when you get stabbed.
1: I understand. <laughs> and it's that kind of thing. Is I'm trying to prevent, not repair. <laughs> And that's kind of how I suppose how I see it. I, I want him to go out into the world and technically he's we all get stabbed some at some point mentally um, or physically.
0: Okay, and pause. Pause and say that again.
1: We all get stabbed at some point in our lives, mentally or physically.
0: And what happens to us when that happens? What, what can be the outcomes of that?
1: We can understand why it happened.
0: Mm-hmm. What
1: else? It can possibly be fatal.
0: Mm-hmm. What else?
1: It can teach us to look at things differently and grow through the suffering and pick apart the mistakes and learn from them
0: mm-hmm. what else
1: it can cause us pain and stop us from doing certain things in certain ways
0: mm-hmm Now, with all of those things that can happen, and I'm going to move away from the analogy because it's a bit too violent to continue saying. (laughs) But now, what role can you see yourself playing in regards to the outcomes of these inevitabilities?
1: So I'd like to imagine that I could educate to reduce the chance knowing that the chance is still high
0: what i'm working with here lee is that it's inevitable
1: yeah it's inevitable
0: okay so in the inevitability what role would you want to play there
1: really it's the knowledge of what what to do when it happens to you Mm -hmm. and some element of understanding of how to protect yourself, mm-hmm. but more so how to react to it and to understand that when it happens to you, you can see it as, I've just taken a lot of damage, this is really bad, mm-hmm. or I've taken a lot of damage, this is this is what life is, mm-hmm. I've got to recover and try to become more than I was before the damage, learn mm-hmm. from the damage, take the mistake, have, a, have the mindset that, This isn't, life isn't gonna be fair. This isn't necessarily your fault. This is the human experience and Mm. damage equals growth in so many ways.
0: So I actually want you to say that last bit again. Say that last bit again.
1: Damage equals growth in so many ways.
0: Now I'm gonna make this transparent here. In fact, before I do, I actually want to hear if you can hear what's taking place for you right now.
1: Yeah. So you have a you have a kind of innate desire to protect, but the innate desire to protect can be more damaging than the desire to equip to grow from damage. That's kind of how I feel and that kind of transition as we speak that really you need to put take the shields down and you actually need to get the medical equipment.
0: So In regards to clarity, Lee, where do you feel you're at now with that new place of thinking?
1: It's definitely clearer than the initial call, initial moment. And, and really, in some ways, you know these things, but they, they're over, overridden by your... In some ways, you, the different parts of your brain having a bit of a fight about what you should be as a father, what you reproductively should be as a father, what you should be as a protector, what you should be as a lover, but what you should actually you know, be thinking about if you want to help someone develop to be able to handle the world themselves. And I do kind of think and understand that modern parenthood has become so much about making it comfortable for a child that as soon as they go out into the outside world and face a challenge that they've never faced in the past, you know, 16, 17, 18 years, they don't know know how to handle it because they've not had that experience. And it's like all the things that we do as humans, whether it be falling over 50 times before we walk, that's a perfect example, we're walking, you know, we end up walking, but we have to fall over so many times. But we don't seem to translate that. And it's like imagining that you would suddenly look like a bodybuilder if you went to the gym once. It's not comfortable going to the gym, it's comfortable to sit on the couch. But
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. it's,
1: we seem to have this expectation that people can be resilient and bounce back from failure, but we don't let them fail.
0: So, actually, all of that you've just said, thank you, Lee. How much of what you just said do you remember? I'm not going to ask you to say it all again but <laughs> how much of what you just said can you remember?
1: Uh, quite a bit of it because obviously it's very much in my mind as you brought it to the fore with your
0: questioning. Good so what I'm going to say to you is that everything that you've just said right the way back from parents should, parents should, parents should, um, through to uh, indeed the last piece of course where uh, we don't let people fail. I want you to understand that that is a reflection on on what's been going on in the back of your mind while you've been trying to protect your son as opposed to letting them fail and being there when they do. Everything, you you socialized it. We do this, we do that. People nowadays, you know, modern parenting, that is your perspective on how things are. And therefore, you can take that and understand that all of that is where your mind needs to rewire things into this new understanding that in order for your child to truly grow in the way that a a human being, as you said yourself healthily grows is to simply be there when they cock up in whatever way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also a challenging uh, prospect because it's not just you I, have, I also navigate mm. the fact that there's many other people across both mine and my wife's families who, in some ways, parent and express on the children. Mm. So they get lots of different viewpoints of what it's like. And my, especially my son can be quite resistant to the fact that I'm willing to let him fail mm. because some other people will cushion his falls and i don't cushion his falls and he sees that as me not being particularly kind so there is challenges in that and mm. i try to do what i can and that kind of when i say you know we and express a culture it's a culture that i kind of grown up in mm. it's a culture that's surrounded by me as I see. I mean, a good, a good example is to say that for, from a grandparenting perspective, my wife's parents and my parents are completely different,
0: mm.
1: one side of the spectrum to the other, mm. and that is. I almost have to say it, that my children spend time with each, and somehow they find a balance between the extremes. Mm. But it's almost slightly confusing for them to have that extreme Mm. but I know that I take ownership of myself as a father Mm. and I will keep to my station and continue to let them shape themselves while giving them the tools to chisel themselves
0: Lee, do you feel like this conversation is concluded?
1: I do feel an awful lot of clarity, Daniel, um, and a lot more uh, ways to think and, and go in action and take it forward. And it kind of, it does help you visualize and reflect on some of the more recent experiences, about how I've tried to do this, how, it is challenging, but life is challenging. And I quite like a
0: challenge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to leave you with this. And I heard this on a podcast. And, and this, is, this meant a lot from someone, or for someone, myself, who is so excited about parenting. Terrified, but so excited about parenting and they simply said that one of the best ways to be a parent is not to be a parent but to be you to show your fallibilities so that you don't project that sensation of perfection onto your children let them know that if you're busy you're busy so that they know that they also have a part of a certain level of priority let them know that you're upset obviously there's boundaries and there's limits but let them know what a human being looks like
1: yeah i mean that that is that's quite powerful I mean i do quite often talk to my son who with his with his condition, tries to, he's very, very much uh, a born perfectionist in terms of his mindset. And I've spent considerable time trying to explain that if you chase perfection, your flaw becomes your ceiling and you'll mm. end up stuck between an unattainable standard mm. and a flaw, which more often than not, you won't achieve and you'll feel unhappy and Mm. upset about it so we've been doing a lot of work about saying we're not going to be a perfectionist we're going to be an optimist we're going to try and make things as good as it can be but perfection is the lowest standard because we'll never achieve it and so he walks around saying there is no perfect human beings and he's right because if there is a perfect human being out there they can come and see me i'll give them a medal (laughs)
0: amazing Lee finally what's your what's your new clarity Uh,
1: my new clarity is that I must let them fall more they must fail more often and I it's my job to not be there but to be there
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right Lee, thank you very much for being on the show. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Daniel. Thank you very much.
0: Lee's concerns for his own children is is perfectly understandable. Of course, we are not going to want uh, the people we love to experience the pain we've experienced. And it's a natural thing for us to protect them from going through those experiences. But of course, what that misses out is who we are with those experiences, how great we've become with those experiences and what we learn from those experiences. And if we take that opportunity for the people we love to fail, to fall over, they don't learn challenge. They don't learn their own growth in failure. There's no character building. So actually what we protect them from is the ability to find out how they work with resilience, to find out how they become stronger and of course, to be stronger. Now, as someone with no children, it feels strange for me to speak on being a parent because how do I know I don't have any of my own? I can only compare it to working with young people. I can only compare it to living in a house with pets wherever I've been and knowing that for another person or thing to learn It needs to make mistakes. And I need to allow it to make mistakes in order to be there to guide it through understanding how to do better moving forward. How many times has a thought got in your way? How many times have you had a thought that's inspired you but you've yet to take action on it? On these episodes, I speak to people who are about social and self-awareness and accountability towards creating a much better world for every other human being. If this sounds like you, please feel free to get in touch with me at the only other dan on Instagram, Daniel Holly on LinkedIn, or you can email me at first at gmail.com. That's one S T N A T U R E C S M at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to rate it five stars. Share it with a friend if you think that they benefit from hearing it too.